and welcome back to Diamonds and Coconuts podcast with Kimberly Lovey. I am so excited to be here with you guys today as per usual because I feel like we're really getting to be fast friends. And today I'm going to get extra mm, intimate, I'll say with you guys, because I'm going to actually share how we got pregnant the first two times and I'm going to share our overall fertility journey because it has been a journey. Talk about getting up close and personal. Um, It's definitely making me anxious to share this, but at the same time, I'm trying to help other people. So I'm going to just go deep and expose it all. So with that, I think where it makes the most sense to leave off is is after we got married, exactly after we got married. Um, maybe even a little bit of a precursor. So if you guys have not heard about weddings and night nurses episode, um, then I suggest that you go and listen to that one. Um, and this one kind of maybe bridges the gap between weddings and night nurses. So Okay, Um, before I get started, I want to say that fertility is not an easy discussion to have because nobody wants to feel different or incapable. And this goes for both men and women, um, particularly when it comes to having a child. And I have the utmost sensitivity um, for others and compassion for others as we kind of breach this subject. Um, It also requires a lot of time and money and effort to uncover if there's some kind of fertility issue. And I don't feel like there's a good how-to as far as how to tackle if you think you're having an issue. So for now, I'm going to share my journey with you and perhaps you can learn something from it. Okay, so Brian and I got married in May of 2015. I was 30 years old, almost 31. He is five years older than me. So um, he was 36 or almost 36. So we had openly discussed, um, while we were engaged, we had openly discussed, um, you know, having children. And we both had agreed that kind of mostly due to our age, but also because of the um, runway of our relationship. We had already been together for three and a half years when we got married. So we didn't feel like we needed to have any more alone time and that we, we kind of were just feeling like we're up against the clock. And so we both totally agreed that, yes, as soon as we get married, we want to start trying. And we had discussed that a couple times openly. Um, and so that was that was probably step one, I would say, as far as like pregnancy for us. Um, once we had agreed to that, I consulted with my sister who is a doctor and she recommended that we go off of birth control three months prior to starting to try, I think primarily to give your body time to get rid of those, um, birth control hormones, um, help your body find its regular natural cycle, particularly if you've been on birth control for an extended period of time. And, um, yeah, just kind of give your body a chance to kind of find its own way totally on its own. And so I listened and I did that and I stopped my birth control in February leading up to our wedding, which is exactly three months. And um, I was tracking my cycle um, on one of the apps, which I highly recommend for anyone that is trying to get pregnant. Um, It's very, very helpful, adds a lot more clarity, takes out the confusion and the legwork. Um, and so 
leading up to our wedding, I saw that I was supposed to have my period on our wedding, which is not great news, as you can imagine, for a bride with white dresses and her wardrobe coming. So as it turns out, God was with us, I think. Um, And it turned out that my period actually came a few days early and I lucked out. And that was a big surprise because I typically had a regular cycle. So sorry for the overshare, but it's relevant. I guess this whole thing is a bit of an overshare, but here we are. Okay, so um, anyway, so we had planned to go on our honeymoon um, right after our wedding, like a couple days afterwards. And so we we went on our honeymoon. We went to Tahiti. It was incredible, incredible. We went for two weeks. And so I was in my fertile window on our honeymoon. Now, hot tip for any of you ladies out there. I did not announce this to him. We had both already clearly agreed to wanting to have kids and trying right away. And I didn't want to add pressure and I didn't want to ruin the romance. And I think that's a really good tip. And I actually got that tip from a family or from a couple's friend of ours that told us about having the most unromantic sex when they were trying to have children. And so that's, I mean, I basically listened to the guy that really didn't enjoy the whole experience. I mean, I'm sure he did, but anyway, you guys get the idea. Okay, so cut to, I know I'm uh, ovulating basically, and we're on our honeymoon and we go to Morea, we go to um, a small little island called Lataha. And apparently, I don't know, celebrities go there to hide out. It's like a, because it's not a well-known island, Um, whatever, who cares? But anyway, it's like, if you haven't heard of it, that's expected, I would say. And we went to Bora Bora. We even went scuba diving, which is a huge no-no, by the way, um, if you are pregnant. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, so we arrive home and, you know, I was exhausted and didn't think much about it. And you guys can probably see where this is going. So basically, um, we had had the best time, came home, I was exhausted. And then I don't know, maybe a week or two later, I don't know exactly when, but I realized I had missed a period um, towards the end of June, maybe the third week, and was actually a day late. But I didn't read too much into it since my periods seem to be a bit irregular lately, um, probably from going off of birth control, question mark. I don't know. So anyway, Brian was at work. It was like evening time, and I decided to go get a pregnancy test, which I had never done before. I literally felt like I was committing a crime. Like I felt like I should be wearing dark glasses and like a hoodie or something because I was just up to no good, you know? And then, of course, when I actually bought it, I was like embarrassed, which I think is a natural reaction. So, anyway, I go home, I take the test. And sure enough, it's a double line. I freaked. Like, I was in total shock. Um, I took two more tests, and sure enough, it was positive. So um, then I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I think I called my mom, actually, first, but I'll, I'll get back to her reaction in a second. But anyway, so I ran back to the store because I'm thinking, how am I going to how am I going to break this to him? How am I going to tell Brian this? And I want it to be like special, you know? 
So we were a couple days away from Father's Day. And um, so I ran back to the store and got a happy Father's Day card and wrote to him to a future father. And, and then I stuck the pregnancy test in to the card. And so when he got home that night, first of all, I was physically shaking, like physically shaking, like so nervous. I don't know why. I just, I think I really was so caught off guard, which sounds stupid, but like, hey, I've never been pregnant before, you know? And like, I've never tried to be pregnant before any of it. This is all like really new. Um, And I thought that it might take longer. So anyway, so I give him the card and I told him, I said, oh, hey, babe, looks like we got one more wedding present that just arrived. Why don't you open it? And he opens it and he was just like confused and stunned. Like he put it together. I have it on video and he looks at me and he says, congrats. And he pats me on the back and he walks away. And we did not speak. I kid you not, you guys. We did not speak for two hours. And we were in totally different rooms in our condo. So I look back and I'm just like laughing. Like he didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to react. Like we were just like in shock. And it was just the most bizarre thing to digest. And neither one of us knew what to do. And like looking back, I mean, how bizarre is it that he's just like pats me on the back, congrats, and walks away like... Oh my God, not exactly like the loving, you know, response that you would think, but I definitely don't fault him because I was equally as shocked. So it was fine. It's just more funny at this point. Okay. So then the next day, the next day, we both told our mothers. Now, I really can't remember. This is so bad. I need to ask my mom now. I don't remember if I told my mom right away, like the day before. But anyway, I just remember that we are both. Well, so we're, let me just add, some of you might be thinking, wow, you told your parents right away. That's kind of crazy. You have to understand, Brian and I are best friends with our moms. And like, I'm best friends with his mom also. Like, she's like my second mother. So like, we're all super, super, super tight. And so like, we needed to, we needed our moms. We didn't know what to do. (laughs) Sounds ridiculous. We didn't know what to do. And so I remember when I told my mom, I said, my mom, I can't believe this reaction. She goes, my mom goes, I knew you were pregnant. You've been exhausted since you got back from your honeymoon. You have bags bags under your eyes. You should be feeling rested after a two-week vacation. And I'm like, even with such long travel, she's like, yes, I've known this. And I'm like, man, moms are just so smart. I couldn't believe she already knew and didn't even tell me. Just like hilarious, you know? So anyway, So basically, yeah, I mean, I had a wonderful pregnancy. That's how we got pregnant with Carter David Lovey, who is my little hunk. He is now four years old because it is June, almost exactly um, four years since I got pregnant um, to the day, actually, oddly. And yeah, so he thankfully um, is just, he's just a little dreamboat. And I thank God for him every single day. And so that's kind of the story with Carter. And so what happened was we went through this whole, you know, journey of having a newborn. I talked to you guys about it. We had hired a a night nurse and didn't have a nanny uh, for the first nine months. And then basically, as soon as I was done um, breastfeeding is when we wanted to start trying again, because, you know, I just kept hearing, like, I don't know why I had this like very uh, like heavy awareness for some reason. Um, but I was 
32 at this point and seven and a half months postpartum and had gotten one period and had just stopped nursing Carter. And Brian and I just, we wanted to start trying again right away because, you know, him and I were like, it could take up to a year plus. I mean, who knows? Like everyone we know seems to have some kind of fertility issue, like whether it's a miscarriage or just trouble um, conceiving for, you know, some reason or another. Every single person it felt like that we knew had some kind of issue. And so we were not trying to wait much longer. Um, and so we went for it. And sure enough, the second time around, first time again, pregnant. Unbelievable. Unreal. Um, you know, and we had just since then we had joked like I we would always joke like oh Brian every time Brian looked at me I would get pregnant and I felt so proud and so relieved that we were so blessed and I also felt extremely grateful um, I was completely aware that this could have panned out differently and you know part of me always wondered like exactly what it was like for all of my friends that had gone through these issues and I you know I just it hurt my heart for them and I I just was so filled with gratitude. And, you know, I'll just say on that point, I think because I was so aware and connected to so many women and and families that were struggling with fertility, um, when I was pregnant, I was very, very conscious to never complain. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm like on a high horse and I'm like so perfect or anything, but in real terms, I was really, really grateful. And you know, complaining about being nauseous or having round ligament pain or being completely exhausted just felt bad for me. It felt ungrateful. It felt like anytime I I kind of like started to go in that direction of like, oh my God, I'm so nauseous today or something, I would just think of, holy crap, the fact that I have, that I get to have this experience and the fact that the baby's commanding enough hormones and growing is incredible and so many people can't even get to this point like i am so grateful like thank you thank you for letting me be nauseous thank you and i i genuinely like felt it and i i'm proud you know that i felt that way because listen i know there's many women out there that have terrible pregnancies and i'm not judging that either but i mean mine wasn't that bad i had some some really great pregnancies. And anyway, the point is I enjoyed it. And for folks that didn't enjoy their pregnancy for whatever their reasons are, like that's valid too. I'm not judging any single person out there. It's just, I'm sharing my journey and my experience. And, you know, perhaps if there's someone out there that finds themselves in a situation where they're kind of nauseous, pretty tired, like maybe that's something you can think about to kind of like boost your mood. Um, because I do think that's that gratitude is what made my my pregnancy so beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, so after that, um, I had Charlotte on July 2nd, 2017. We had bought a house and revamped it. So I was working a lot, but from home um, prior to that, or sorry, not from home, but locally. Um, and so anyway, after... Charlotte was born. I went back on the road three months postpartum and I was traveling every single week across the country for nine months. I was still pumping, um, you know, and she was getting all the breast milk and all of that. And, you know, it was a big effort and a lot of work. Um, but 
you know, I was doing it and I was loving it. So here's kind of like the part two. So this is where things take a turn. Okay, so then in 2018, we started to think about having more kids because, you know, ideally we wanted our kids to be closer in age. And um, again, Brian and I are not getting any younger and you never know. So I had actually gotten pregnant and miscarried at six weeks. And, you know, I was bummed, but I, I accepted it and, you know, didn't make it a big drama. But it, you know, I it was so exciting to feel that feeling of your breasts are sore and you're nauseous and, you know, your smell gets all like you get like really sensitive as far as like your taste buds and smelling things that, you know, coffee makes you sick, creamer makes you sick. And it was just kind of like, oh my God, I knew I knew I was pregnant and I was. And then sure enough, miscarried. So um, anyway, about six months later, we had kept trying and I just had a sixth, a sixth sense that there was something wrong and we didn't want to waste any more time. I didn't want to wait just in case. Um, and I think that's where things get a little tricky is like, at what point is it right to start investigating if there's a fertility issue? And I feel like it was pretty quick. Like for us, we kind of acted really fast just because I had this gut feeling like something's not right. Why is it taking us so long to get pregnant again? This just doesn't feel right to me. And so we went to my friend's fertility doctor and we went through a whole series of, you know, not only long discussions about, you know, just really educating ourselves on fertility in a way that I never had to. And then, um, going through an ultrasound to form a baseline, a baseline, and then going through blood tests. And, you know, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. Um, and we did it. And again, I'm so grateful that we even have an opportunity to have these discussions with these doctors. I mean, how incredible. What what an opportunity, you know? Okay. So we go through all the tests and it turns out that sure enough, my egg supply was one third of the normal range of women my age. And I was 34 years old. So I had essentially said differently, I had 70% less eggs than women my age. Okay, how shocking is that? Here I am like thinking I'm fertile myrtle and like so grateful and happy and just kind of like thinking, oh, I'm just gonna be extra safe just to make sure. And I mean, to find that out is 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 a blow. I mean, it's a shocker. Again, complete shock. And, you know, it's shocking because I had been pregnant just like a year before that. And, you know, I always thought like fertility was like a slow decline. And I thought maybe 35 would be more of a decline point and I was like still like a solid 34 years old so really really shocked and confused um I think one thing I learned from that since is that um apparently fertility is not a slow decline it's like say if you can imagine a flat line it doesn't just like kind of start to slowly gradually dip it basically is like a flat line and then it drops and I mean I, I just had no idea it was like that. Like I knew that timing mattered for women, but like I didn't think it was like literally within six months to a year of just having a baby, like all of a sudden my fertility is just gonna literally like drop. I mean, and I share that with you because had I really understood that fully, I would have probably considered, dare I say, I mean, 
freezing my eggs. I mean, I don't know. I'm just sharing that with you guys because if you want children and you're in your 20s or your 30s, I mean, it is expensive and it's not an easy thing to freeze your eggs. It's basically doing IVF, um, you know, like without the actual um, insemination part um, where you're like going through the rounds of um, of all the, the treatment and everything like that to like stimulate your eggs to grow and then they retrieve the eggs. So like the first half of IVF is essentially the same thing as like freezing your eggs. Allegedly, and from what I understand, I'm not a doctor. I'm just breaking it down as far as my understanding. So, you know, you guys can research it. I just think that that's like really important to share with people because I just had no clue. Um, so anyway, so here we are. So I was sort of like stunned and we promptly tried taking um, Clomid and that's basically like, okay, you take it twice a day for five days, like on the third or fourth day of your cycle, the start of your cycle um, or of your period. So um, we did that and then tried to get pregnant naturally. And what the Clomid does is it tries, it like kind of encourages your egg follicles to grow. And so the hope is that you would have like one dominant follicle that would grow fully and mature. And so it kind of like, it's like extra fertilizer essentially. And so, yeah, so basically we tried that, did not get pregnant naturally, tried like probably two or three times. Like I, this is every month. And by the way, the Clomid like, I have friends that got pregnant the first time after they tried it. But for me, I will say, number one, I was totally shocked that I did not get pregnant from taking that. Because, you know, you hear fertility drugs and you're like, oh, it, oh my God, no way. Like you would totally get pregnant immediately. And it didn't work for us. And so that was like really kind of interesting. And then also the way it made me feel was like very bloated. It kind of made me look like I was a couple months pregnant and like fat. And it also made me a little bit like feistier, I'll say. And um, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, in the world or anything, but it was like, I don't know, it was, it was an experience, you know, Um, it was fine, but there were some side effects. Okay, so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to, let's try the IUI with the Clomid. So that is um, in in utero um, insemination, IUI. And basically what it is, is again, you take your fertility drugs. And so you go through that. And then once it's time, once you're ovulating, like you actually should be testing to see when you're going to ovulate and share it with your doctor. And keep in mind, there are multiple visits to the doctor in between all of this. So it's definitely time, um, time intensive, and it is expensive to do this stuff. Um, And so here we were, you know, committed to the to the vision. And we go in. And so I, I do the Clomid, go in for the visit, everything's looking good, then Brian has to go in, provide a sample, which God bless these men. Thank God for these like supportive men that just love us so much because, you know, nobody wants to be doing this. Let's be honest. I mean, myself included, we're all kind of sacrificing, but it's definitely a commitment. And, you know, it's also humbling and gives you a lot of humility. So two hours after he provides the sample, they like spin, they spin the sperm and then it's supposed to like provide you with the best quality. Again, I'm not a doctor, so please don't like take every single thing I say totally literally, but this is just my understanding. So check it check it out for your own, please. Um, and then so two hours after 
that whole process goes down, then they basically um, take the sperm sample and they turkey baste it up. And it does not hurt. It's like another OB visit. I mean, it's not like the most fun, like none of this is the most fun, but you got to do what you got to do. And then it's like over in five minutes and they don't need to like numb you or it's not like a big procedure. It's like really quite easy. And it's also significantly less expensive than IVF. So that's why if you're not familiar with the IUI process, like that's usually kind of your next step, like before you would even entertain IVF because it's so much less invasive. It's so much less everything. It's way less money, like a fraction of the cost. Um, so yeah, I was just very, you know, this, this whole time I was very cool and confident and calm. Cause I was just like, oh, I know it's going to work for us. Like totally, like totally positive, like, you know, a little bit skeptical, but mostly confident. Um, and I also was thinking like the power of positive thinking and like all this stuff. So sure enough, does not work. We, um, tried another fertility drug next didn't work. Tried to do another IUI, didn't work. So finally, we decided to take a break, took a break. Okay, then it's 2020. So still no progress. And we said, okay, let's get a second opinion, maybe just like another set of eyes, like, let's just go for it. So we go. And we had previously kind of started to understand IVF and the options around that. But then when we realized the cost, we wanted a second opinion also. So that was the other part, kind of like a second quote. Um, And so in talking to the second doctor, by the way, our first doctor, we absolutely loved, like no slight on him. It's just like, these are major decisions and we wanted to be thorough in our investigation. That's all. Um, And so the second doctor basically, um, you know, confirmed that I have very low egg supply and that IVF would work for me. And for some reason, I was just starting to worry about like the the risk of cancer because all of these drugs and like my mom had mentioned something to me about it. And I thought I had asked the doctors and they didn't really give me much response about it. But anyway, my sister, who is a cancer doctor, she's an oncologist, I asked her about it. And she said, you know, the risk of increasing your cancer really isn't just straightforward. Like it's not a one size fits all like risk profile. Like it really depends on your overall family history. And based on our family history with our grandmother, um, unfortunately dying of ovarian cancer, like it's not, it would, she said it could increase our risk of up to 40% to get breast cancer. And after that, I was just stunned and did not want to believe that and kind of did some research. And it's true. Um, not for every woman. This is, again, it's for our, because she's my sister and she knows my risk profile based on our family history. Um, it's kind of a high risk for us. So with that, I basically put away the IVF option and said, no, I need to be here for my family and I'm not going to take the chance or roll the dice. So that's where we are with our fertility journey. I want to also make it very clear that I am in no way, shape, or form feeling bad for myself. I am so, so grateful that I have my boy and my girl. I have my two children that are just literally sent from heaven. Like, yes, they drive me nuts, but they are fully healthy. And I I don't feel bad for us at all. And I don't expect anyone else to feel bad for us. I feel bad for the families that have been trying for literally years, have tried IVF for 13 
13 rounds and have given up all of their money. I mean, there's a lot of really difficult stories out there. And I just, you know, I just want, I want those of you that um, are great or are lucky enough to have had kids to just please be filled with gratitude and be sensitive to the women that have been and families that have been fighting for their child and for the women that just for whatever reason, they have pre-existing conditions that preclude them from having children. Like, please, let's be grateful. Let's be sensitive. And, you know, I have to say, I am so, so grateful. And I mean this genuinely. And I've said this, I'm so grateful that I've gotten to walk this walk with like understanding infertility because I previously couldn't understand it and I wanted to. And I just feel like it makes me be able to empathize with so many more people. And and I'm just so grateful for that. Like, I know it sounds cheesy, but I'm being 100% real. I just, I feel like I can connect with more people and just be more empathetic towards them. And I think that's what life is really about. So that's where we're at. I don't know if we're going to keep trying or not. I'm not really sure. I'm kind of close to just wrapping it up and saying we're done, but I don't know. So stay tuned. With that, please subscribe. Subscribe to Diamonds and Coconuts podcast. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Please leave me comments. Continue to give me feedback. I so, so appreciate you guys. I am feeling so filled with joy and energy listening to your thoughts and your feedback. And I'm just so grateful for for this opportunity to connect with you. And thank you for letting me into your homes and your life. And I love you guys. And stay, stay happy and stay full of love and stay grateful.